Come together right now. This is the Pinoy Beatles Podcast. Episode 2, Abbey Road. The last album by the Beatles. Or was it? Bratman from the Brat Cave. Each episode, we'll talk about the Beatles from the perspective of a diehard fan from the Philippines. We'll talk about the albums, the solo albums from John, Paul, George, and Ringo, trivia on how the albums were made, and then we will have a nerd section to talk about musical gear. And finally, some notable cover versions of the songs and where you can find them. Some quick facts about me, I've been a Beatles fan for 40 years, and I'm a wannabe songwriter and musician. Abbey Road, the Beatles' final album. Well, a lot of people will dispute that, especially those who were old enough in 1969 and 1970, and then also those who got conscious of the Beatles in the 1990s. Let me explain. So Abbey Road was released in September 1969 and was the last album that the Beatles recorded. However, in 1970, Let It Be was released. This was recorded before Abbey Road but was only released in 1970 due to disputes that we will discuss later on during the Let It Be episode. And then, in the 1990s, the Beatles recorded again. Well, what was left of the Beatles? Of course, Lennon was murdered in 1980. But he left some tapes, which were given to Paul McCartney. And George and Ringo joined Paul to record Free as a Bird and Real Love as part of the anthology sessions, which were released in 1995. So some could argue that this was the last release by the Beatles. But for me, Abbey Road will always be the last statement of the Beatles. It's a great album. It's a perfect album for me. Great songs, great concept. And the last song on the album is The End, which is a fitting song to end the Beatles' reign in the 1960s. I had the vinyl version of this as a kid and now I have a CD version from the 2009 remasters. Now the album cover, it's nothing short of iconic and it's a word that is not wasted when you describe this cover. One thing you might notice or might not notice is that there's no artist name on the cover and there's no album title on the cover as well. The other thing to notice here is that each of the Beatles are wearing something very distinctive. John Lennon, all white, including shoes. Ringo Starr, all black, again including shoes. Paul McCartney, all gray, but no shoes. 
And then George Harrison bringing up the rear in all denim. And here's a statement that I've been wanting to say for a long time. This cover has been covered by a lot of covers. Did you get that? It just means this cover has been copied by a number of artists. Let me mention a few. Just a few months after Abbey Road was released, an American funk soul R&B band, Booker T and the MGs, released McClemmer Avenue, which is a whole album of instrumental covers of Abbey Road. And the cover shows the four members of the band crossing a road. The next example is from the Philippines. In 1984, a Filipino vocal group, the Apo Hiking Society, released Feet on the Ground. And the album cover shows the members crossing a road, with a slight difference from the Beatles. While the Beatles on Abbey Road were facing right, the Apo Hiking Society were facing left. And remember, from the Sgt. Pepper's episode, I mentioned that the Apo Hiking Society might have taken inspiration from the Beatles from one of their songs, Fixing the Roof. The last example is Paul McCartney himself. In 1993, Paul released a live album, Paul is Live, and the album shows Paul, without the Beatles, but with a sheepdog, on the same Abbey Road picture. So let's say it again. This is an iconic cover, covered by other covers. Now a few more quick facts about the album. Aside from the iconic cover and its place in the Beatles catalog, Abbey Road is probably most known for the long one. This is a suite or a medley of eight to nine songs on side two of the vinyl version of Abbey Road. Now I mentioned eight to nine songs. Do I really know how to count? Well, actually, the medley is really eight songs, but there's an anticlimactic song after the end. That's the title of the last song of the medley, The End. And they have to put in one more song, Her Majesty, as the night song. Oh well, those were the Beatles, and they can do anything they want. Side B was supposed to be the McCartney side, and side A, the Lennon side. But did you know that side B was supposed to be side A, and side A was supposed to be side B? So don't get confused. Another quick fact about the album, this album probably has two of the strongest songs from George Harrison, Something and Here Comes the Sun. Something, in fact, was released as a single alongside Come Together, and it reached number one on the US Billboard charts. And one last quick fact, this album has a Ringo Starr composition, Octopus's Garden, only the second original Ringo Starr composition in the Beatles catalog. The first one, of course, was Don't Pass Me By from the White Album. Now on to the nerdy part of the show, gear. The Beatles recorded Abbey Road on a new mixing console in Abbey Road Studios. Now this new mixing console featured state-of-the-art in 1969 transistor components compared to the old tube mixing consoles that they had in the previous years. 
they also used an 8-track recorder compared to the 4-track recorder they were using on earlier albums. This just meant that they were moving towards a more modern sound, a crispier sound compared to the earlier albums. The other distinctive gear that they used on Abbey Road is a Moog synthesizer. Moog, M-O-O-G. It's one of the earliest synthesizers that was produced in the late 1960s. It was George Harrison who brought the instrument to the band. They used it on I Want You, She's So Heavy, Maxwell Silver Hammer, Octopus's Garden, Here Comes the Sun King, and Here Comes the Sun. In terms of guitar, it was mostly the usual suspects, an Epiphone Casino, a Les Paul, a Fender Strat, Telecasters, a Martin D28 Acoustic, and then McCartney, who was already using a Rickenbacker 4001 at that point, also used a Hofner bass, a Fender Jazz bass, and a Fender 6. So now, on to the songs. Side A, we start off heavy. Come together right now over me. Lennon sings, but he opens that song with Shika, while Paul and Ringo counterpoint that with that iconic bass and drum line, which is so distinctive of the song. You've heard it. If you're a drummer, you try to play it, but you just can't seem to get the feel right. Ringo has a secret. He's left-handed, playing on a right-handed drum kit. And Paul, when he's not doing lead vocals, he comes with the most melodic bass lines. And Come Together is a great example. The next song, Something, is also a good example, and we'll get to that. Now, when it comes to covers, Chuck Berry, one of the idols of the Beatles, claimed that this song was actually ripped off from one of his songs, You Can't Catch Me. In fact, the first line of Come Together, Here Come Old Flat Top, is a straight lift from Chuck Berry's You Can't Catch Me. Long story short, they settled the dispute, and one of the conditions was that Lennon had to record three songs from the Chuck Berry catalog. So in 1975, Lennon recorded a version of You Can't Catch Me in the rock and roll album. Next song, track two, is Something by George Harrison. And I would consider this George Harrison's coming out party. Something, along with Come Together, was released as a double-sided 45 RPM vinyl and reached number one on the Billboard charts. This is the first and only time that a George Harrison song reached number one for the Beatles. And it's not just that something had a very accessible melody and very accessible lyrics as well, but musically, it was a very mature song. Take a look at this. It had several key modulations. It starts off in the key of C for the intro and the first verse. There's a slight change to a key of D, then back to A minor C. That goes for the two verses of the song. And then when you get to the refrain, it goes to the key of A, then back to the key of C. And then in the ending, it goes to the key of A for a very short while, and then resolves to the key of C. In terms of instrumentation, I already mentioned Paul McCartney's very melodic bass line here, one of his best work uh, with the Beatles. 
But I also need to mention the string arrangement by George Martin. In 2019, with the release of the uh, individual tracks from Abbey Road, one of the things that stood out was a string arrangement for something. It stands out. It can stand out on its own, and it sounds like a Rachmaninoff symphony. In terms of cover versions, I would recommend two. The first one is by Frank Sinatra, Old Blue Eyes. Sinatra liked this song so much, he thought, It was the greatest song that Lennon and McCartney ever wrote. Of course, he got that wrong. The second version is by Ray Charles, who had a very passionate, torch-songy version of something. Check them out. Song number three, Maxwell Silverhammer, is a song that Paul wrote and played on and which the other three Beatles absolutely hated. It really is, as John would say, granny music, similar to When I'm 64 from Sgt. Pepper's. One thing of note, their roadie, Mal Evans, played an anvil on this song. The hammery plonk-plonk type sound that you can hear during the chorus. And McCartney played George Harrison's Moog synthesizer. Track number four is Oh Darling, which is a song again by McCartney, and is sort of a doo-wop style song straight out of the 1950s. John Lennon claimed that he should have sang the song because it was more his style, but Paul would have known of that. So he did a lot of takes until he found the voice that would fit the song. The last track on side A is by John Lennon, I Want You, She's So Heavy. This was a blues number that would become sort of Lennon's signature sound during the early years of his solo career and with the Plastic Ono Band. So on to side B. This is supposed to be the McCartney side, but it starts off with a George Harrison song, Here Comes the Sun, which is one of the loveliest songs and most positive songs you will ever hear. It sounds easy enough to play, but when you try to play it properly, oh man. It goes from 4-4 to 2-4 to 3-4 time, back to 4-4. And the Beatles do this very seamlessly. That's why it seems very simple to play, but actually very hard to execute. And that's why they're the greatest band in the world. The next song is a John Lennon song, Because. John Lennon claims that he based this song on the chord pattern of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. And you'll hear the obvious resemblance when you listen to them both, except that would because Lennon added an extra beat. The other highlight of this song is the luscious vocal harmony from John, Paul, and George. It's a three-part harmony recorded three times, which makes it a nine-part harmony. And then we go to the long one now, which is the medley that highlights the album and was an original idea by Paul McCartney with John Lennon contributing some snippets of songs. It starts off with You Never Give Me Your Money which if you really think about it is a medley in itself. The melody of You Never Give Me Your Money will show up again later in Carry That Weight. The next song in the medley is John Lennon's Sun King. It sorts of 
borrows quote-unquote from Here Comes the Sun because the first line of the song is Here Comes the Sun King. Other distinctive features of the song include number one, a great vocal harmony similar to Because, though not as complicated. And then the last verse is sung in something like Fall Italian. And then the next three songs are sort of the harder portion of the medley. Starts off with Lennon's Mean Mr. Mustard, which is a mid-tempo rocker. And then a fast one, similar, very similar to punk, Polythene Pam. And then lastly, McCartney's She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. If you really think about it, this medley seems like a concerto or a symphony with four movements starting with You Never Give Me Your Money, a short slow movement in Sun King, the fast movement here, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, and She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, and then the finale, The Big Bang, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and then the end. Paul McCartney still plays these live in his current sets. Golden Slumbers is supposed to be a lullaby, but I doubt you can fall asleep with that kind of a melody. Carry That Weight sounds like a drinking song, but with the melody of You Never Give Me Your Money. The last track in the medley is appropriately titled The End. It transitions from Carry That Weight with a sudden increase in tempo and a memorable shout from McCartney. And then we go to Ringo's only drum solo in the Beatles catalog. And then the trading of licks, of guitar licks, by Paul, George, and John in that order three times. And then we have the iconic ending. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. What a perfect ending to a perfect career. But wait, there's more. Don't turn that off yet. After the last notes of The End dies down, Paul McCartney comes in with an acoustic guitar and a short ditty, Her Majesty. Which sort of spoils the ending, but gives us hope that there would be more from the Beatles. And there was in 1995-1996. So that's it for episode 2, Abbey Road, perfect album, perfect cover. And I leave you now with a cover of Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and The End by my band, The Brat Cave. And please forgive the drum solo and the guitar solos. Peace out.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 